0: Welcome to another episode of the Wood Couture Podcast. Today we have the absolute pleasure to welcome to the show Faisley Hussein, founding and director of Collectic Design. Welcome to the show, dear Faisley. Oh, thank you,
1: Philippe. Thank you for having me here.
0: We are glad that you managed to tune in from uh, the one and only South Africa, which is... Uh, yeah. We very much love your country and uh, very soon we want to hear all about you. So, 15 years of interior design experience, but above all, we want to know where you all started.
1: Okay, so growing up, Philippo, I've always known that I wanted to be in the creative industry. So. My mom's a creative, she paints, and from a young age, I was taught how to paint and draw and kind of just um, develop my creative side. And when I left school, um, I actually wanted to study fashion design because I actually Mm. really love fashion design so much. And growing up, I spent a lot of time with um, my grandmother. So she used to have a CMT business where they obviously cut and make and sew um, for like bigger brands or stores. And I spent a lot of my childhood um, in the factory with them actually and got to assist them with like smaller pieces or like assisting with cleaning the garments or just being around this like creative um, outlet, right? And growing up, I thought, okay, definitely... Going into the creative industry was definitely going to work for me because I was a natural and it just kind of felt like an organic um, progression. Um, so coming from a family that, that so on my mom's side and on my dad's side, both specialised in doing uh, CMT work, sewing and stuff like that. So I was very much involved in the fashion side, but when I told my parents I wanted to do fashion design, they were like, "Mm, maybe think about it a little bit because it's quite um, challenging. There are so many people going into the industry and all of that stuff. And then it got me thinking. And when I went to university, I actually spent the first year doing um, what's called the foundation course of design. And you get to do a bit of each design faculty and that was so nice because i got to experience all the different design um, faculties what they what their requirements were and it got me to see what my strengths were and at the end of the course i decided to go for interior design because it kind of encompasses a bit of all the other design um, fields so it's got a bit of textile design it's got some fashion it's got Uh, colours, so like graphic design and then obviously branding that bringing in the graphic design as well and I thought it would be like a nice fit for me and then Mm -hmm. that's when my journey into interior design started
0: Wow, so would you say that your mom has been the mentor in your journey?
1: Oh yeah, definitely Definitely. my mom and I are very tight um, and even up until today, she's like my best friend so she's definitely been a mentor to me
0: So What is the best advice she gave you?
1: The best advice she gave me was to just, um, to follow what I'm passionate about. And as long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing, money was never a big, um, influence in choosing my career. Um, it was all about finding something I naturally am drawn to something I enjoy and, I kind of I really agree with the fact that if you enjoy what you do you honestly feel like you're not working a day in your life okay there is the admin side of business which is always going to be there but at the end of the day if you enjoy what you do that is payment enough for me especially when I see my client's faces at the end of projects get okay, it's like an overwhelming happy feeling that money actually can't bring into the or can't create I would say
0: I can, I can see the way you're talking about it, you know, I mean, uh, you're jumping up and down, you know, you have your enthusiasm just uh, pop out from oh, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and uh, t- t- tell me, um, what I want to know, uh, I was uh, impressed with, uh, you know, you spent a few years working for third parties and then suddenly, here we go, I found my own company and, uh, and uh, do my own collection. What triggered that in you?
1: So, um, funny enough, I've always wanted to start my own business and I've always had the idea that around the age of like 30 would be a good time to start my business because I would have had at least 10 years experience, um, obviously learned a lot within like 10 years. Um, so yeah, I think when I, when I reached the age of 30, it just felt like the timing was right you know, and I went with it. And by that time, I already kind of built um, a name for myself in the industry here locally. So people were quite keen to work with me based on um, my previous experience, obviously. So that was quite nice. Um, So, yeah. So I actually started my business in 2019 at the beginning of
0: 2019.
1: Mm -hmm. And then at the end of 2019, I decided to launch a furniture range as well. And I've always loved furniture design. I remember when I was back at Varsity, our last project, so in third year, we'd do like a furniture design project. And we had to design this drinks trolley. And it was such an exciting project because we are not only designed it, but we actually have it manufactured as well. And that kind of introduced me to understanding how how wood and how pieces get fit together, the different fixing mechanisms, working with new technology. At that time, the CNC machine had just been launched in South Africa, so it was quite big. And obviously, we went and we used um, that technology, which is so amazing. Um, And yeah, so anyway, so when I started my business, I knew I wanted to do um, a furniture range purely because another reason I wanted to do a furniture range was um, when you do interior design, most of the time, you are obviously creating a space based on your clients' desires. They look, they feel, they're sticking, you know. So Mm -hmm. with furniture design, what I found is I actually got a chance to To express my personal style through those furniture pieces without having any brief or anything handed to you by your clients so I actually really like that and by creating my furniture range people could actually see what my aesthetic is which is very modern contemporary um and yeah I think that was basically like my biggest challenge wanting to get my brand out there my aesthetic out there as well and It also got me to touch on something I'm quite passionate about and something I wasn't able to implement in interiors as much yet, which is sustainable design. Um, And yeah, so I got to do that with my furniture design because the first range I did is it's basically got a sustainable aspect to it where some of the materials are upcycled. And elevated, yeah. But we can chat more about that. I'm sure you have you, lots of questions.
0: No, no. You said something very interesting that caught my attention, saying yeah, something that I was not able to do in interior design, which is sustainable design. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Why is why you were so, not able to do it?
1: So because okay, living in South Africa, we are naturally um, quite behind with new trends and stuff, but. Um, sustainability is not really caught on that much in South Africa yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you're working with a client and you're trying to pitch sustainable solutions, because it's not as prominent in South Africa yet, obviously the more sustainable approach obviously becomes more expensive because it's not um, flooded in the market. So people would often go for the more affordable route than going for the more sustainable route. But I have noticed that especially in um, office design. I don't do a lot of office design. I mostly do residential and hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed that in office design, it has become a prerequisite for the building, especially um, because in South Africa, we've got um, the council called GBCSA. So the Green Building Council. Yes. And... I've noticed that mostly in office blocks, um, the green building um, strategies has been implemented, not so much in residential.
0: Wow. That's interesting what yeah. you're saying. So how, how do you feel about the hospitality industry in South Africa? Do they do enough for sustainability?
1: Um, honestly, I don't think so. But I do feel like we are, we are moving in that direction. You know, um, people are becoming more aware. People are becoming more, um, obviously, more considerate for the environment and all of those things. And also, I don't like mentioning this too much, but in South Africa, we also have um, load shedding and electricity problems. So hopefully that's a motivation for them to go a bit more sustainable, especially when it comes to, um, you know, natural lighting, using sun for lighting, um, using um, those solar panels, for example. I think that's a very easy way of introducing some sustainability into the design process at least. Um, but I'd say we are slowly getting there, hopefully.
0: Wow. The, the, you know, I'm surprised because uh, I've been to South Africa, I've been to Cape Town and other places, and uh, yeah. I found it remarkable the, the amount of natural resources and you know wildlife you name it there is absolutely everything to be probably a benchmark of for sustainability you know i mean uh as a country oh, yes. it's amazing it's uh it's fascinating and uh anyhow that, that that's interesting so i understand that uh, you are a great fan of marble you you love marble right
1: yes absolutely what's not that? allowed
0: <laughs> tell me why so... is that
1: so basically, um, my furniture range um, was inspired, obviously, by using um, upcycling marble pieces. And I'll tell you a little bit about that and I'll go back into marble. marble. But um, I was working on a kitchen project for one of my clients, and I went to our um, marble manufacturers, and then I obviously noticed all of these offcuts. Lying on the side so I'm the type of person when I see materials just going to waste I immediately start thinking of ways of reusing that and I think it also comes from when I was quite young working in the factory with my with my granny was all the off-cut fabrics I would use and then I would make myself something out of it so that was already like naturally like imprinted in me And when I saw these marble pieces, I was like, these are absolutely beautiful pieces, right? They come from nature. They are so beautiful in its unique way. No pieces are alike. They age with beauty. they basically one of my favorite sustainable products to work with. And that's kind of how um, my first um, furniture range started. It was inspired by those marble pieces I saw. And then I created this. Um, really small but really nice and unique bespoke um, marble range of side tables um, and I thought that was was it worked out quite nice but to answer your question why I love marble so much it's just an absolutely beautiful material and it's timeless um, I remember going to France and going to these like old architectural buildings, the marble the layouts of the marble, the way they use the material, it's just it's classy. It's stylish. It's timeless. It's organic. It's unique. I mean, what more can I say?
0: You know, it's refreshing for somebody that is a uh, uh, young. You know, because you're still young. I think you're still 25. Yeah. And uh, and uh, that.
1: they <laughs> That basically.
0: <laughs> but it was a compliment, and uh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> you are still, still very young, and uh, but uh, but um, you know that that actually recognizes you know the the marble is unique because it's different. When you have some time in interior designer, they want they want every table with the same slab, you know I mean, uh, uh, line direction. I say guys, you know marble is a natural uh, you know commodity. You know I mean you cannot make it. You know I mean you take it from a quarry and then slice it. And you don't know what you find until you slice it. And uh, well, yeah. that's very interesting. We come into your collection because I want you to talk me through your collections. You oh. know, because uh, I had a look at it, but people that are watching us from uh, from home and all the parts of the world don't know your collection. I had a glimpse of few pieces which are beautiful. And uh, what do you reckon is been your most challenging project to date?
1: My most challenging project. Um, it was probably a project I did during uh, COVID, during the lockdown,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I was busy with this really beautiful new build project. Um, it was a two-story house in Tukaya in Cape Town, and it was it was a really nice project because I was working very closely with the architects from the very beginning. So I got to do like architectural changes got to change window sizes and everything else. So I was quite involved and it was very nice. But obviously because it was dying during COVID, introduced a whole lot of different like challenges, Um, not being able to go to site, being held down because of lockdowns and stuff like that. So although it was a challenging project, I was still really pleased to get an amazing project like that during lockdown. So regardless of anything, it was a great experience. Yeah.
0: Wow. And, um, I would say to you is, is this, how how are you, or for better saying, what are you doing differently from a design point of view that you were doing before COVID?
1: Before COVID? Yeah. Um,
0: are you approaching design in a different way? That's what I'm trying to ask you.
1: Okay. So... Um... Do you mean basically with running the business or with the design itself?
0: The design itself.
1: So the design itself. So um, with COVID, I've actually looked to um, some Japanese designs. So they have obviously the culture of leaving the shoes at the door, and then before entering into the house, and then obviously um, sanitizing whatever at the door. So actually, I actually like that concept, and I haven't gotten the chance of implementing it yet but i would like to do that in, in future in maybe a new project coming up but kind of just creating a niche um or like a stopping point in the entrance where they can change their shoes sanitize put home shoes on because i've noticed a lot of people are also introducing that remove your shoes that when you come to the door rather walk like on socks or Wear like slippers or something like that. So a lot of my friends are actually doing that at the moment. So that's something to include. And then, um, and then obviously, just considering the type of materials you use, is it easy to clean? Easy to sanitize? Um, does germs like stick onto it? Like you have to consider those things. Like the cleanable, like is it easy to clean? Is it long lasting? Introducing like um, sustainability into it as well, because anything that's long lasting would be more durable, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say that. So then, but then another challenge is also um, educating the clients, because a lot of people think that it's not um, something permanent. But I would say that was like my biggest idea, actually, when it comes to um, creating like the layout within the living space and stuff like that. Just kind of cleaning your hands, sanitizing, removing your shoes as you enter the house so that the house remains like a cleaner, hygienic space. If that answers your question.
0: Yeah, I know. Hey, you're the designer. I'm just, uh, (laughs) I'm here listening to you because... uh, he, you know, it appears that it appears there's a lot of designers that uh, during COVID they they kind of rethinking the way they approach in design, and uh, it seems to be a theme
1: yeah.
0: reoccurring with everybody. Yeah. So I was wondering whether you, you are one of them, and uh, you know. But um, let let me ask you, what do you get your inspiration from when you approach your design, your projects? my projects, yeah. I
1: actually. My main source of inspiration is my clients. Okay, why is that? Definitely my clients. Yes. My clients, um, so when I start a project, it's like really exciting because it's like getting to know your clients, getting to know how they use this space, what inspires them, what motivates them, what do they like, what don't they like. So that is quite an in, like an interesting psychological journey that you go on with your clients, So, like really getting to know them really well in that way and obviously design a space perfect for them. And what I always tell my clients is um, this space for their brand should be an extension of your personal style. Um, and... When I meet my clients, I get to understand how they live, how they socialize, do they entertain, do they like going out? Is there anything interesting they like? And there's always something that pops up that I could basically use as my inspiration to develop it further. Whether it is a holiday in Greece that they possibly went to or whether it is, I don't know, like a vase that, the mother left them, for example, like anything could be an inspiration. And I really like that because I'm creating for the client, you know, they should be the inspiration for the space. And people are so diverse and so interesting. So I really get to enjoy um, actually getting to know people and understanding how they do things, how they like things, how they, um, what they appreciate, what they don't appreciate, and then kind of just creating that brief and then. Going from there. So each client
0: is different, obviously. Oh, okay, clear. And w- uh-huh. curiosity, when you enter a job and you say you get yeah. distracted, w- w- do you have a habit or how do you regain focus on what you're doing when you get distracted?
1: When
0: I'm busy on a project. Yeah. Or you lose inspiration Sorry. or you lose, uh, can I can say, sometimes you have those moments, you uh, say, I'm blank. You know I mean? It's, uh, So, do do you have a routine to get uh, back to your focus?
1: You know, funny enough, um, whenever I start a project, and normally in the beginning you have absolutely no direction, so it's a bit daunting. And I always get quite nervous in the beginning of a project. But after spending a few hours with the clients or you know, going online, finding inspiration, whether it's going to a marble yard, going to a furniture store, getting inspired by a piece of art, you know. There's always something, I kid you not, there's always something that comes up and literally it takes that one thing for the creative juices to be flowing. So like in every project, in the beginning I'd be so nervous and i will be like, you know what, this is a big project. I have to make it amazing and I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so... That's always my goal. Um, Yeah, and then literally like a week later, I'd come up with this absolutely amazing concept and I'd look back and I'd be like, Faz, why were you even stressing? Because things always tend to work out as they're meant to work out and they progress organically. So even though I have those stressful moments, I'll do a little bit of meditation and I'll tell myself, girl, you got this, don't stress. And it's back to the drawing board oh and lots and lots of lists as well lists and lists and lists helps a lot with planning
0: wow how much how much of your interior architecture design is bespoke and how much is i would say taking inspiration from existing furniture pieces
1: Mm. so a lot i would say in the design industry um Items are, most of the time, it's bespoke. Like, I mean, you could change one arm of an of an armchair and it could be like a bespoke design, right? But um, I'm all for creating spaces that's a little bit unusual, but obviously that fits into the brief for the client. Um, I personally don't enjoy just copy and pasting. It just takes the creativity out of it. It takes the the joy out of it um so i would say i personally love doing custom furniture design which is obviously why i did um, furniture design as well and so a lot of the times it's definitely custom because that's what i enjoy Um, and then obviously loose pieces of furniture that's items that we buy um, locally wherever we can find but i would definitely like the mood board is always an inspiration Um, it's it's never just a copy and paste. I think um, as a designer, you have to push yourself. You have to be creative. You have to you think out of the box, you know. Um, and I'm all for respecting other people's creativity. So for me to just go and take a design and implement it, I don't know, just doesn't stand well with me, you know. I mean, we all have our own creativity. We should just embrace it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Let, let's, say, let's say I come to you and say, hey, Faz, I want you to design my house. So after you create the concept, do you naturally give a name to this concept, meaning the Panic Room, for oh, example? Yeah. or, or yes. Yeah, or... yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Why is that? Yes.
1: It's, all, it's, all, it's all about telling a story. So each project will have a different name. Um, and I feel like interior design is partly storytelling. It's coming up with a concept, it's coming up with a name, it's coming up with a story and then implementing it into the design. And that story needs to run through each thread, through the furniture design, through the custom furniture design, through the materials and the finishes you choose, through the shapes. Um, you know, that that thread needs to run through each and every item, each and every design feature that comes into the space. So it's all about storytelling. i definitely always, when I come up with my mood boards and selling it to the client, you create that story, you create that excitement. So definitely, I always come up with names for my projects and each name is different.
0: Okay, and um, obviously you you were involved in hotel designs, hotel interior designs and uh, and also you stay in hotels. What do you think is the main challenge nowadays for interior design for the hospitality industry?
1: Obviously, the biggest challenge is obviously (laughs) COVID-19. I mean, that really pulled us by surprise. Um, Look, creating a hotel is all about creating an experience. And as long as we stick to our... um, As long as we have a structure in place on how to obviously handle you know, the health, the hygiene, all of those things. As long as all of those things are implemented, you can still achieve, you know, the look and the feel and the experience in hotels. Um, Obviously, another challenge is the fact that people aren't really traveling. So people aren't wanting to spend that much on um, Mm -hmm. investing in hotels at the moment. So it has been a bit quiet. But... I don't know, let's see how things go, eh? Like, I haven't really done hotel project since um, COVID happened. So I can't really say much more than that, <laughs> to be honest.
0: Right, but it's interesting because experiential design is is uh, very important. And uh, I was speaking at a conference yes. in London last week and uh,
1: everybody wow. talks
0: about the challenge of actually designing to their hotel categories. You know, is uh, and try to get... The experience beyond our aesthetics, and uh, which okay. is challenging. Exactly. But uh, I want to I want to dive into your collection, and uh, and uh, obviously mm-hmm. you you said the name is Collectic. And uh,
1: yes. so ta- my business name
0: tell me about your collection.
1: Okay, so my business name is called Collectic. Um, and how i came up with the name for Collectic, i actually found that name on um, urban dictionary so it's a site online and it's basically like these made up words and people will give like a definition for it but when i was looking for a name for my business i wanted it to, to be something that obviously um, explains what i'm actually doing like the concept behind the business and the main concept behind the business is to create spaces that is an extension of the client or the brand's personal style, but also introducing um, other elements like whether it is like heirlooms, something your family has left you that you want to incorporate into the design, adding these like personal elements into the space. And that's how I came up with the name of collectic. And also when I found the name, it just kind of fits perfectly because it's like it's eclectic. But it's all but it also includes collections. So it's like your personal collections mm-hmm. and then merging with eclectic, if that makes sense.
0: So that's Absolutely. how the business
1: came up. And I thought it was quite catchy. I quite liked it immediately when I saw it. And with regards to uh, my first furniture range, which I was really excited about because I got to exhibit that at um, the design in DABA as part of the Emerging Creatives. So it was a really cool platform. Nice. to actually the brand on and that was at the beginning of 2019 just before COVID hit South Africa and the lockdown happened so it was absolutely crazy but um, so the furniture range um, like I mentioned before it's inspired by obviously reusing and upcycling beautiful pieces of marbles. so I would go and hand select Um, at these marble yards I would go around to them and hand select um, beautiful off-cut pieces that i found and then create interesting ways of uplifting and elevating those pieces Mm -hmm. and kind of treating it as as it's meant to be treated like for me like marble and natural stones are beautiful I mean like I it's as beautiful as like rubies or anything else for the home you know so um that was quite fun to kind of create these pieces, elevate these beautiful marble pieces and just give it the attention it needs. And that was basically like the start of it. And then I named it. Uh, my first range is called the Phoenix range. So it's like rising from the ashes, basically.
0: The Phoenix range. And What does it include? What pieces does the, collect- the Phoenix range include?
1: Okay, so the Feeling range is made up of four, four side tables and two mirrors. Um, I started quite small with the first range, and it actually took off quite well. People were quite responsive. I exhibited um, also at 100% design. That normally takes place in Johannesburg each year, and that was a nice exercise because I got to see what people's feedback was what they think about sustainability, is it important to them or not? So it was was really nice market research. Um, And yeah, and then I'm actually working on a second range this year, and I'm collaborating with a local marble manufacturer in Cape Town, and they're absolutely brilliant. So I'm very excited to think up and dream up my new range. Hopefully next year. Do
0: you have a name for your second range?
1: Not yet, because it's literally just in the conceptual phase. I've got two Mm -hmm. ideas I'm waiting to play with, and interesting, like joining techniques for the model itself. So I think as the process goes on, I'm sure a name fitting enough will pop up in my head one day. That's normally what happens. So yeah.
0: Where would you like to see your collections, you know, placed?
1: Oh. Definitely the Milan Furniture Fee, the Salando Mobile. Oh, I was there in 2011 and wow, blown away,
0: mm-hmm. blown
1: away. I spent a week exploring the exhibition and it was so amazing. Got to meet such interesting individuals. It was just an amazing experience. So yeah, to be able to exhibit there would definitely be number one on my bucket list for furniture. Yeah, for sure.
0: Do you, see, do you see yourself more evolving as a product designer or as an interior architect?
1: <laughs> very good question. Mm. I think I'm at a place in my life and in my career where I'm kind of still finding my way. Um, but at the moment, I'm really enjoying... Um, I still very much enjoy interior design, but I also very much enjoy furniture design so although my business is mainly focused on interior design if the furniture does take off in the future and you know if things actually evolve in that way i'm happy to go in that direction but for now i'm holding on to both interior and furniture design for sure
0: so you you try to go parallel until one of the two take the lead on saying that's my direction is um
1: you know um I look up to this um, incredible interior designer in the USA. She's based in LA. Her name is Kelly Westler. I'm not sure if you've heard of her. She's huge. She's huge. She does absolutely everything. She does interior. She does textile. She does furnishing. She does fashion. She does collaborations with rugs. She does, um, I don't know, she does collaborations with artists. She does everything. So that is basically... The direction I'm going into. Mm-hmm. I don't like limiting myself. You know the idea when people used to say, uh, "Jack of all trades, master of none." I feel like that's quite old school. It's like follow your passion, do what you love doing, and you know, I'm sure things will work out.
0: Creativity has no boundaries, so
1: yeah, exactly.
0: It goes everywhere. Exactly. You know I mean? Um, exactly.
1: The,
0: the, so, what's your biggest dream? So when you started your company, what was it the dream inside? You know what? This, I want to see it that way. So what is your biggest dream? Apart from ex- exhibiting a Salona del Mobile.
1: Oh wow, what is my biggest dream? I think my biggest dream at the moment would be to design I don't know. <laughs> you threw me off here, but it's definitely got to do with designing mm-hmm. a hotel in
0: Cape Town. So let me ask you another challenging question that I, I need to yeah. test you. I need to test you, you know, because I, am sure you, you must have a bucket list full of it, you know, I mean, a, I'm still, I'm still dreaming. I'm 50 very soon, so I'm still dreaming. I'm still, you know, me having big dreams and uh, and uh, so look. If you were to choose and say that's a celebrity, I would love to design the personal houses, would that be?
1: be? Oh, wow, that's a really good question. Mm. Wow, I would say I'd like to design Kendall Jenner's home. Oh, that's so
0: funny because I love a
1: personal style. Yeah, Kendall Jenner, one of the Jenners.
0: Why, why, why is that, apart from liking the style? Why would you love to draw, arouse?
1: Because I feel, I feel like my ideal client is someone that appreciates design, appreciates style, understands, um, you know, quality over quantity, understands, you know, and someone that just wants the best of the best. And I have a feeling that that's exactly that. You know, that's exactly how she is. Winding the me to the base, very stylish, understands design, and yeah, I think that's probably like one of the most very
0: fashion driven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 your sure. it's your, your roots into fashion is still there. Yeah, it's the, your DNA is still there I on the fashion.
1: um, exactly that and I've been wanting to introduce that into interior design and into furniture design just like smaller elements of you know, using fashion as inspiration and stuff and I think fashion will always be a part of me and it just comes out in unexpected ways
0: we're getting to know you very soon (laughs) (laughs) listen let me ask you, in your bucket list is there a uh, clothing fashion collection
1: oh wow so funny you should ask i have been playing with the idea of doing like a like a fashion range but um at the moment i'm a lot more focused on you know getting the interior side of the business set up completely and you know just being recognized and getting that brand out there and then the furniture as well but that the fashion, I think that will probably come at a later stage, but that doesn't stop me from creating pieces for myself. Like this shirt I'm wearing is actually one of my own designs. And I find like exactly like I told you with, with marble. So when I go to fabrics, fabric houses, I find like really beautiful or really interesting kind of like fabrics. And then I'll create like a piece. Uh, I don't know whether it's a shirt or a dress or something interesting something unique. Like this shirt, for example, no one else in Cape Town has a shirt like this. <laughs> but I mean, like, I really enjoy being able to create myself, and then maybe in the future I'll be creating um, some clothing ranges. I'll, I'll see how it goes. I don't know.
0: It would be very interesting to see your fashion collection, clothing collection, because I, I, I got the feeling that it must be an outrageous one.
1: For some reason, because choos-
0: choosing Kendall Jenner is already a statement. You know,
1: right? <laughs> <Take care.
0: laughs> a- you can see the way you talk about fashion, your eyes sparkle. So, you know, I- I'm sensing that there are days that you say, you know, forget your design. Let me concentrate on this. It's like taking your pencil out and start drawing your... Your clothing range, you know, just that it's like, oh, I'm back to you know, let me re- recharge the battery. I don't know. I get that feeling yeah. from you.
1: Yeah, it is quite nice. I mean, fashion, fashion is always on the forefront on trends and everything. And if you look at it, um, interiors and interior trends are often inspired by fashion trends as well. It, it always like triples down into other areas. <laughs> You know, so I often look to fashion to see, like, what the new trends are, what are they playing around with, and very soon you'll see it in interior design as well. So it's very, very, it's like very, uh, it's linked. It's, it's, it relates. And, and then it also ties down to the concept of creating your own space. Like, what is your personal style? Are you, are you more laid back and minimal? Are you crazy and eclectic? Because then your space should also represent that.
0: Which fashion lab which fashion label you you sympathize the most?
1: Very good question. So I am not really into labels. And I know that sounds crazy, especially because I just said that I love fashion so much. But um I don't know, I don't really follow labels.
0: (laughs) That's interesting, you know, for a fashion guru like you, that you love designing, you must study their philosophy, their style, you know, the the kind of designers.
1: I know, know. but look, um, I can definitely say that I like more structured and contemporary pieces. Mm -hmm. So I'll think of like... um, I know Dolce & Cabana, they do like really cool structured stuff. Um, Givenchy, they do amazing things as well. So like obviously there are these incredible brands that I look up to. But when it comes to dressing myself, I like putting things together, making my own things, getting creative with it. And it just adds to expressing your personal style. And it's not just like something that I found off the rack and I'm just like wearing it exactly how they styled it, for example. But yeah.
0: What is something that you will never compromise?
1: Comfort, definitely. (laughs) I didn't have to think about that one at all. Comfort, comfort, comfort.
0: You know, it's very interesting you said that because Coco Chanel used to say if it's not comfortable, it's not luxury.
1: Oh, I love her. She's incredible. That is so true. That is so true. I mean, you can immediately see if someone is uncomfortable in what they wear and that, like, you know, they're expressing it because that's how they feel and stuff. So, like, to me, if you're comfortable in what you wear, it automatically gives you confidence.
0: Interesting. Wow. That's that's unbelievable. Very inspiring. And, uh, you know, I saw one of your collection pieces were like a credenza. With a black wooden panel, it was fun. Was with the
1: arches on the top.
0: Fantastic! That was. What was your inspiration for that? You know, I love that. I love that one. What was your? Where did you take the inspiration from on that? I'm
1: actually so glad you asked because so. Um, That was actually part of a small collection that I I designed for a local retailer in Cape Town. So I did a collaboration with them. And that specific piece. So I actually, I was very into creating um, a range that is inspired by circular shapes. And I'm sure you've noticed it's been a big trend all over Europe, all over the world. Softening the curves, having organic shapes, and all of that. So when designing this specific unit, um, I had to design it in a way that it's practical to manufacture, but still very unique and very eye catching. And in order for me to get those rounded shapes without having to bend wood and do all of those extreme um, manufacturing processes, I just cut the doors in the rounded shape, but then the unit itself was still square. And then there's a pattern that I designed that was CNC cut into the doors. And the way I got that idea from was um, when I was spending time at my grandmother's house, they used to have these like really vintage looking cupboards where the front of the cupboards will have like these like interesting shapes like jutting out on the top of the cupboard. And when I was designing this piece, I was like, that's actually a brilliant idea because I don't need to curve the entire top of the unit. I could just curve the doors and it will actually give the effect that it's curved. And that's where that inspiration actually came from. So it was definitely inspired by my grandmother's um, wardrobes from back in the day.
0: (laughs) What's your grandmother's name?
1: My grandmother's name is Ferial.
0: Name for that piece, because it suits the piece actually. That is actually
1: very true.
0: It's um, a <laughs> you know, it's very warm. It was very warm piece when I saw it. Out of all of it, probably is the biggest piece you have, but very warm. And uh, and uh, I was almost going. Let me take it and bring it home. <laughs> so, it, it, it caught my eyes. It caught my eyes. And another piece I think is a small floor mirror with a marble base. If I remember correct. yeah Yes, it's a
1: small mirror.
0: Yes, fantastic! That was a brilliant piece of uh, collections, yeah, I loved it. It's a
1: it's thank a, you. Why am I'm, uh, so th-
0: That's impressive. You know, I mean, um, you know, seven or eight years uh, working for third parties. You started your company, two collection, one out, one in uh, in the making. So fantastic! Last but not least, and um, Obviously, I love the fact that you chose an inspiration from Kendall Jenner. I know that, you know, I mean, it's uh, your grandmother. So, which are all women, yeah. and uh, and I want to bring to your attention this, you know, I mean uh, There is a lot to talk about gender equality and uh, diversity. And uh, how do you think the design industry in general is doing in addressing this topic?
1: Well, it's funny you should bring that up. If I think of interior design specifically and I look at, um, you know, the male versus female in interior design, like the females are like up here and the male are down here, like percentage-wise. I mean, like there are so many more female interior designers than there are male. So but then it's also interesting when when you go higher up, in the corporate, la- like climbing the corporate ladder, or if you get a higher position, it actually narrows down, and then it becomes more more male and less female. And I'm really not sure as to why why that happens. Like I find it super interesting. I was wondering if it's got to do with um, you know when you study interior design, um, you do business studies, but it's actually such a small portion of what you're studying. So you're not really that equipped when you when you go out when you start your own business. So, me personally, when I started my business, I do feel like I was at a disadvantage when it comes to the business side, you know, um, and that's something I'm still learning about as I go along. And I was wondering if that hasn't maybe got to do something with the fact that it does, you know, it does eventually simmer down to men in higher positions. I'm really not sure, but guaranteed interior designs flooded with females.
0: (laughs) So that is really a
1: good question. I'm not sure. But then also, if you think about it, like a lot of interior designers, um, they end up starting their own businesses. So then there are the CEOs and the directors of their own business, although it's a much smaller business. But when you look at bigger infrastructures and bigger businesses, when you come to the top, the CEOs and the directors are mostly male. I don't know, like,
0: you are the boss of a business. You have the chance to reverse that.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's an interesting look. Like uh, at the end of each podcast, you know, we want to know the key message. And uh, so, if I take a massive white canvas and put it on top of the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building on the planet, uh-huh. what message would you write on that? Okay, so I'm all about
1: staying positive. Following your passion, doing what you love. I'm all about not focusing on the end goal, but enjoying the journey. So, what I would put up there is follow your passion, do what you love doing, um, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Because I find what I find really interesting is when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, even though you don't know what the next step is going to be. Purely putting yourself out there, making that first step or actually taking that first step, you know, that next step appears and the following step appears and, you know, opportunities opens up. And it's so interesting. Like what I find is like we often hold ourselves back and think, no, like, oh, it's overwhelming. How am I going to do this, etc., etc. But the minute you actually go in that direction, open yourself up to it, possibilities literally comes to you. It's like you attracted. I don't know. So I would say go for your, like, follow your dream. Be, um, remain positive. Remain passionate about what you do because if you're passionate about what you do, it's easier to actually continue doing it because, you know, you always have the ups and downs. So I think that's what I would say. Stay positive. Follow your passion. Do what you love. And... You know, I believe
0: things will work the, the, out. Dear Fazlin, that's a very great message. And on that note, I sincerely thank you for your genuine answer and sincerity. Thank you very much.